Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 11th Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer at many places, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and your host of Lockdown Blazers here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're back. We have some news to catch you up on, and we're just going to get to it. Uh, so, as I mentioned, we, we have lots of news to get to. Uh, at least for this stage of the season in September, there was enough to talk about now uh, since we last joined you and the Blazers made it official today that they are welcoming Archie Goodwin to training camp. The former first round pick who went to Kentucky was on the Suns, then was on the Nets, and now comes to Portland to go after that last roster spot. Blazers currently have 14 guys on the roster plus CJ Wilcox who they signed to a two-way deal so that doesn't count against the roster size. So in theory, Archie Goodwin could make the team and I want to emphasize in theory because while they are above the luxury tax line still, they may want to end up saving that extra roster spot for a guy that they could maybe sign with the mid-level. And they still have their mid-level exception. They can still use that on a player who maybe gets bought out in the upcoming season. But I'm not sure that Goodwin is necessarily going to stick in Portland. Now, I am a big fan of his talent. I think there's some upside there that has been untapped and hasn't been helped by playing in really bad situations like Phoenix or Brooklyn. So maybe this works, and we've seen it happen before with Portland. I know you can't expect it to work every time, and there have been failed experiments in Portland during this time of trying to get reclamation projects on the Blazers and turn them into consistent contributors. Mo Harkless comes to mind. Also guys that come to mind, guys like Luis Montero, who didn't work out here. Uh, Cliff Alexander, guys, guys that Portland has tried to unearth and turn into gems. 
So it doesn't always work, but you take your chances sometimes. And with a guy with the pedigree of Goodwin playing at Kentucky, which is, you know, the best program in when it comes to producing NBA players. So maybe there's something there that they can uncover with their what they've been hanging their hat on. You know, the 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 Blazers really hang their hat on their their culture and how tough guys push each other in workouts and practices and whatnot. Goodwin, not a good three-point shooter by any means. So uh, he's going to have to prove that he can do that to make the team or at least do something else of value to make him stick on this Blazers team, whether it's on the defensive end. Maybe he can handle the ball a little bit. But the Blazers, there's no problem with bringing in Archie Goodwin. And it's a good it's a good play in terms of maybe there's some upside there because here's a guy who has been talented or who is talented but just has been in two really bad situations and this is not an uncommon thing. I mean obviously we're not expecting him to turn into Hassan Whiteside or anything or a player of that caliber. That's a lot, but you know, could he be a regular rotation guy at his size 6-5? The Blazers absolutely need wing help. Pat Connaughton has not proven yet at the NBA level that he is deserving of being an incumbent in that spot and is just going to get playing time as soon as he gets there. So uh, Goodwin, if nothing else, comes in as a, a guy that can maybe push Connaughton a little bit, push some of those other guys on the Blazers. And keep in mind, he's only 23 years old. So he's still very, very young and that alone gives some hope that maybe it can just be more than just a training camp signing but I think right now uh there is concern there that he well not concern I just don't think that there's a whole lot of upside here at this point I think there's more upside than what you can get on the free agent market at this point because he's not really uh you know he's not really a an established commodity but Maybe there's something there. Now, uh, my friend Kevin Pelton had a great point that he doesn't think that Goodwin is a good enough decision maker to really excel in Terry Stotts' flow offense where it's all based off of read and react. So that that's another thing. But at the same time, at just 23 years old, there could be some maturity at play there that maybe it clicks. Granted, that doesn't always happen with guys. Sometimes guys, it just never clicks for them. But... At just that age, you at least have some hope of maybe there is something more than what he's been so far in his career. So Archie Goodwin, uh, the Blazers signed him to a training camp deal. They announced it today officially that he is going to be in training camp. And we'll see if he can make the roster, if he can claim that 15th roster spot, or if it's going to be someone else. But... We will we'll definitely find out more uh, about Archie Goodwin in the next few weeks that we have here leading into the regular season. So the Blazers sign Archie Goodwin of the Suns and Nets to a training camp deal. And that's the big free agent news for the Blazers so far. A couple of things actually went down today as well across the league. Busy, busy day. 
for some some lesser signings, I suppose. Tony Allen signed with the New Orleans Pelicans today. That was reported by Shams Charania. And New Orleans is also bringing Perry Jones, former first-round pick, to training camp. The Tony Allen signing, I think, is surprising because New Orleans doesn't necessarily seem like the greatest team for, for Tony Allen's services because they don't have anybody who else can shoot. And Tony Allen can't shoot. And you got two really talented bigs that both of them can stretch the floor a little bit, but you're really going to be counting on your two-star big men who were great playing inside and Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins to not only be the bread and butter of the offense on the inside, but to also be the spacing on the outside. I, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of what New Orleans was doing and I'm less of a fan of it now. Uh, I like Tony Allen in a vacuum on a team. I don't really like him on that team. So Tony Allen on the Pelicans, off the board. I know my boy Corbin Smith really wanted Tony Allen to be on the Blazers, but it does not look like they will use that roster spot to sign a veteran, and it looks like they're going with guys that maybe have some upside. And uh, who knows? Another factor of that Archie Goodwin thing that we may not know is you know how high did Neil Olshay value him the year that he came into the draft because you know that was a big reason why they went after Mo Harkless. So it could be a situation too where uh, you know Portland's front office itself just may be higher on Archie Goodwin than the rest of the market. Another signing that went down today, the Brooklyn Nets signed Tyler Zeller to a two-year deal. Zeller was on the Celtics and he's a pretty decent player. He's really not that bad. Uh, he's decent, I think would be the word. He's not Cody Zeller. I think Cody Zeller... Uh, is one of the most underrated players in the league, uh, Tyler Zeller's brother. But Tyler Zeller, serviceable big man, mobile, can run the floor. So uh, I, I like that deal for Brooklyn. Brooklyn gets some much-needed competence with their big men because behind Timofey Mozgov, who himself, you could wonder whether he is that competent. But Tyler Zeller gives them a serviceable NBA big man that they don't have a lot of on the nets right now. And big men is the biggest weakness. And Zeller is probably the best of the available crop that you can get at this point in free agency with two weeks, 10 days really here left to go until we start media day and training camp and uh, the NBA season, which is, is crazy. But uh, that's where we are. And, and that's kind of the way the market has shook out that guys are still getting signed a couple of weeks before training camp. So Tony Allen on the New Orleans Pelicans, Tyler Zeller on the Brooklyn Nets, some of the lesser signings, and Archie Goodwin in for a non-guaranteed deal coming in for training camp for the Blazers. And if you're interested in seeing the Blazers this season, I have to say the best way to get into the building for the action yourself is with SeatGeek. Because buying tickets has never been easier than it is with the great folks at SeatGeek. Their seamless mobile experience helps you buy and sell tickets in just two taps. Just two taps. And they help you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. You're not going to have to worry about any fakes or anything, any, any funny business on SeatGeek. You can get all the tickets you want very easily. And it's a great app. I use it. 
it's extremely convenient to have on your phone when you're looking to get a ticket for an event or a show or a comedy show and it's it's the best and they save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites they aggregate all that data and then they they find the best deal for you with their deal score from 1 to 100 it's a really fantastic technology and makes it easier for you to find the best deal for the event that you want to go to it's the best app that there is when it comes to getting the tickets that you need but the best thing about SeatGeek for all of my listeners is that you get a $20 off rebate from your first SeatGeek purchase. So download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code L-O-N-B-A, that's promo code L-O-N-B-A, to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code L-O-N-B-A today. So Archie Goodwin is a blazer for now. Uh, time will tell if he will become uh, a Blazer legend like so many that have came before him. And this has been ground zero for the Carmelo Anthony discussions in the Portland space, at least. We have been leading the charge on Carmelo Anthony and the possibility of him coming to Portland even before it was reported that it was actually a possibility my friend Corbin Smith and I, who is a frequent guest on this podcast and friend of the show, uh, we, we've been all in on this from the beginning. I saw a guy yesterday running in the middle of the city with a hoodie on, and I thought to myself, this city is ready for Carmelo Anthony. And it appears that Portland is still not giving up on Carmelo Anthony. The Blazers themselves are not giving up on Carmelo Anthony. And that is what I got from listening to the Woj podcast with Zach Lowe. They talked about the Carmelo Anthony situation. They talked about Portland and their desire to get involved in the Carmelo Anthony situation. But there is still no indication that Carmelo Anthony wants to come to Portland. That was also a topic that Mark Spears of the Undefeated broached with Damian Lillard at his annual picnic in Oakland over the weekend. And Lillard reiterated once again that he did not think that Mello was not interested. He didn't say that he was against a trade. That was the the takeaway that Lillard got, but Lillard also later on in the piece goes on to say that he's kind of done with it and he's also kind of done all that he can do when it comes to trying to recruit him, trying to convince him, and trying to sell him on waiving his no-trade clause to come to the Blazers. And I think this is still a, a topic worth going over because Houston is hasn't gotten the trade done. They, they can't get it done. No third team is coming to the table to help Houston get Carmelo Anthony. It's just not happening. So Carmelo may just want to stay in New York and it, and, and it may not matter, but I, I'm not sure how long that situation is going to go. And one of the, the situations that Lowe and Woj talked about on the podcast is what if he doesn't show up to training camp? What do they do then? And, I don't know what happens there, but the the fact that there is so much unknown here, I think does open the door for Portland a little bit. I, this is something that I have said for a long time. And I, 
you can't say that there's a good chance that they're going to get him, but you cannot definitively say no. And until that is the case, we're going to keep talking about it. And as long as the, you know, voices now, granted, there could be a little bit of posturing here from the organization through intermediaries to say, Hey, look, we tried to do something that is totally a possibility here, but it would be wrong, especially in the NBA where things just happen out of thin air because someone decided it to be so that something could happen. And I think that that is an important thing worth noting here that in the NBA, there is never really, you can never say no to anything. I think LeBron going back to Cleveland was uh, as good of an example as you can never say nothing. You know, you can never say never in the NBA. And I, I, I really think that you can't put that idea away yet. Now, granted, I think the Blazers are getting ready to go to war without Carmelo Anthony. That is the takeaway that I got from Lillard's conversation with Mark Spears was that the, at least Dame, and, 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 I, and this is the mind frame that Dame has to be in as the leader of the team, that at some point it's got to be about just getting it done. At some point it has to be about the guys that you have on your team and not who you wish was on your team. And it seems like Lillard is already flipping that switch as we get closer to the season here. And I think it's the right approach. So I think you you have to like where Dame's head is at with regards to, hey, you know, we'd like Carmelo Anthony. He didn't seem all that against it. But at the same time, we can't just you know, sit here and say, woe is me and we need Mello to win. Uh, and, and that's the attitude that you've come, we've come to expect from Damian Lillard, that he is going to be the team leader. And this season is no different. He is ready to lead the team and no matter who is on it. Now, you can kind of tell through social media and through comments that, hey, uh, they wanted more help on this Blazers team. They, they wanted a star. They wanted Paul George. They wanted Mello. They wanted anybody to that could really be a star that could fit with their team and take them to the next level. But they, they've got to get the work done. And, and the time to start getting that work done is around the corner. And Lillard is, is doing what he does. And uh, I got to say, once again, it just reaffirms how lucky the Blazers are to have a guy like him. There are drawbacks to his game, but uh, and mostly on the defensive end, but almost entirely on the defensive end. But you, from a leadership standpoint, from a dynamic scoring standpoint, from a playmaking standpoint, from everything, I mean, it's the total package. And Dame, uh, I think, exemplified that when he was talking about Carmelo Anthony, that, hey, you know, we'd like Carmelo Anthony to be on this team. We would love Carmelo Anthony to be on this team. But at a certain point, we have to go to work with the guys that we have. And that's what they're going to do. So uh, the Blazers did a lot of recruiting. Damon CJ did a lot of recruiting. And and Carmelo Anthony remains in New York. And the longer that's the case, the greater chance I think Portland has of getting into it uh, and, and getting into the mix here. Uh, the Knicks don't seem to include Carmelo Anthony in their future plans. He wants to leave, it, it seems has been the indication, but only to certain places. So... We'll see what happens. I don't know if a buyout is really going to happen. Uh, that seems a little bit prohibitive for the Knicks from a 
a cap perspective, so I don't necessarily know about that. But the the Blazers are still in the mix, and according to two of the biggest names in reporting in this industry, they really still want Melo and are still hoping for him. So the organization is still trying to make it happen. But we'll see if that comes to fruition. I would say it's unlikely, but at the same time, as I've said for months now, it is not zero. So uh, I would I would just say that. So continuing on, talking about Dame on the undefeated and the piece that he had about the picnic. Really cool stuff that Dame does for his hometown and his neighborhood in Brookfield. There's a great lead in there from Mark Spears about a, a little boy who was seven years old and, and didn't even believe that Damian Lillard was from his same neighborhood. So a pretty cool story about Dame uh, in The Undefeated, which you should definitely check out. And another thing you should check out with Dame from the weekend was his appearance on the James Corden show and most notably his skit with Ian Carmel, a Portland comedian, Trailblazers fan, or comedian from Portland, Trailblazers fan, and a writer on the Late Late Show with James Corden, also you know, stand-up comedian, friend of the show. Shout out to Ian Carmel and the, his great fantasy draft podcast, All Fantasy Everything, which is awesome. But the, the skit was just great. Uh, I, I'm not going to ruin it for you. I just want to say that you should definitely go check it out. It's definitely worth the watch to see Dame and Ian Carmel. And, and Dame, once again, showing... Uh, that he is is a pretty good sport, that he has a really good sense of humor, and uh, did did a good job acting in the sketch. So I, I thought that was good. And he was also a guest on The Late Late Show. So definitely check out that appearance from Portland's star. Another bit of news, which we'll talk about throughout the rest of the week, since some other Blazers figure to be featured prominently in this list, is... The release of the Sports Illustrated Top 100 Players, my personal favorite Top 100 list out there. I know a lot of people do NBA rank like ESPN, and I know that a lot of people contribute to that. But the two guys that contribute to the list, Ben Golliver and Rob Mahoney, they have been doing this for years now. They got Dwayne Wade and, and, and Kevin Durant to, to argue about it on Twitter a couple of years ago. I, this is the list that that gets NBA people talking and I think is the most well thought out player ranking because they they put together all kinds and, and, and they work on it for a long time. I mean, this is something that these guys do every year. It's my favorite ranking list and it also, to me, signifies that the NBA season is just around the corner and it gets me extremely, extremely hyped for the season to come. So I want to start off by just saying how much I love this list. And I'm, I'm not a huge list guy, but I love this list. The, 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 the top 100 NBA players list is uh, an annual marker for me that just gets me excited about the season. And they released the top the back half of the the top 100 100 to 51 and Portland only had one guy cracking that list this year and that was Yusuf Nurkic coming in at 69 which brought a lot of nice jokes out from the folks on Twitter today but 
He ranks in the top 70, the only Blair, Blazers player, excuse me, that made that back half of the top 50. You would figure that Damon Dame CJ are, are locks for the top 50 on that list. Uh, that That is, I think, without a doubt, probably good candidates to both be in the top 25, I would think. But we'll see about that. But uh, the Blazers are uh, less represented, than, I think, than you would have liked for this team. Mason Plumley was on the list last year for the Blazers, but only at 93. So Nurkic clocking in at 69 is a slight improvement from where the Blazers had their center last offseason. But they weren't. There were no Blazers included on the list of biggest snubs, which last year Al Farouk Aminu got inclusion on the basically the honorable mention for this top 100 list. So. Uh, not great that that they didn't have any guys that showed up on that snubs list and Mason Plumley made that snubs list this year though he is still a free agent somehow which is is wild uh, I think he's one of the uh, casualties of the cap crunch I would say from a guy that looked like he was probably going to have leverage to get a max from the Blazers to or at least close to a max from the Blazers. He could have gotten, you know, as the only center on the team, then he gets traded and now might not get the mid-level exception. I mean, I, this is pretty crazy how, how far Plumlee's fallen. But back to the point about the top 100, Yusuf Nurkic clocking in at 69. Uh, pretty good place for him. And frankly, I think it's totally fair. He's he's behind some some rather good players like... Clint Capella or Marcin Gortat, who both have much longer track records of NBA success and consistent performance than Yusuf Nurkic does. And so uh, I, I get why Portland only has three guys in the top 100. Not great. You'd like to see that improve. I think probably the only guy that I would say that isn't in the top 100 that is currently on the Blazers roster that I think has a chance at maybe cracking the top 100 is Mo Harkless, but that's going to take a major leap in his three-point shooting ability and uh, improvement on the defensive end, frankly, too, because he has all the tools to be a really good defender and has shown that he can play good defense for extended periods, but I think you want to see more consistency from him, and I think that's usually the problem with most young guys is you just need to see that consistency. But uh, the Blazers with the uh, top 100 players, have a guy in the top 70. So uh, better than last year, but still not entirely all that great. But Yusuf Nurkic clocking in at 69, and I think that is good because, and it also kind of connects with one of the points that I wrote about last year for Real GM that I think the Blazers, despite the fact that they did not finish as well in the postseason that they had an eight seed and that they didn't win a play a playoff game after a year after winning a playoff series and winning a game against the Warriors and playing them pretty well that even though they had a worse showing in the playoffs and a worse record that I think they were in a better spot than they were the previous season heading into this season so Nurkic being in the top 70 an improvement on where Plumlee was at 93 is confirmation, I suppose, of that uh, take that 
hey, the Blazers have more talent at the very least at the center position and on the team as a whole. Maybe they lost Alan. They did lose Alan Crabb, which hurts. But I think their top tier guys, the guys that you want to, they have a guy that they can build around now. Is is the thinking here? And I, I just think we knew. I, I I thought that Plumlee was a good player, had a great run here in Portland, but I didn't think was a guy that you could just say, hey, we're going to build around that guy because he's a franchise center and he's going to take us and elevate us. And I think with Nurkic, you can finally say that. So Nurkic coming in at seven uh, at 69 uh, is a good sign, I think, for, for the direction of this rebuild. Obviously, they, they had to cut ties with Alan Crabb and eat the money on the Andrew Nicholson contract, which isn't ideal, but uh, maybe they are able to turn one of their current wing players into a reliable shooter. Maybe one of them's already on the bench. Maybe Harkless can find some consistency from three. Maybe Aminu can rekindle that three-point stroke that he had the previous season where he hit 36%. And, and, and if you get those two things, you can make up enough on the margins, I think, to to make a, to make a run at a six seat. So Yusuf Nurkic is, is pretty good. And Sports Illustrated thinks that he's pretty good too. So we'll keep you updated on those top 100 rankings. Extremely cool stuff. Very thoughtful list. It's my favorite list. Shout out to everybody who ranks players. I know that you put a lot of thought into it, but it's just because it's not my favorite doesn't mean you suck. And uh, I am big on the SI 100 list. So uh, shout out to Ben Golliver and Rob Mahoney for giving us that great content to talk about and sparking discussions about basketball here as we enter the preseason in a couple of weeks. We are so, so close to the preseason. I'm excited about it. You should get excited too. We're going to have lots of content this week. We're starting to ramp up on Lockdown Blazers. So subscribe, leave a review, and send questions what have you, if you are inter- if you want something to get discussed on the podcast, send it to me at Eric underscore Gunderson on Twitter or send it to at LockedOnBlazers. Or if you want to write an email, you can send it to LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll catch you then.
It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17